All right, guys, big episode of the Nordies podcast. Our Minnesota Vikings get destroyed 40-3, to but we will tell you why you need to keep the faith. We talk about the World Cup. The Timberwolves are on a win streak, and we break down the Minnesota Twins rebrand. Here we go. Nordy's podcast. I'm Eric. I'm here with Ryan and Jim. How's it going, guys? Um, okay, pretty good, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you know, some things good, some things bad. Like always, uh, happy Thanksgiving, almost to you guys. Yeah, yeah, Thanksgiving week. I'm sure some of you guys will listen to this before, right around after Thanksgiving, wherever. But happy Thanksgiving to you guys. We are thankful for all of our listeners, and you know what, guys, I'm thankful for you guys. Right back at you. Yeah, say, man, couldn't be more thankful for you hosting this godforsaken podcast for the last like 17 years yeah you yeah. really carry us along i appreciate it all right guys so um we don't feel great because of the vikings right uh, but we do mm-hmm. feel great because we are back uh, podcasting for all of you guys so uh here we go lots to talk about today and before we do it since you're th- so thankful for us you guys should give us a follow on twitter and instagram at nordies podcast and subscribe anywhere that you guys get your favorite podcast from get the nordies podcast directly to your phone or your device each and every week for free um, challenge, challenge, listener challenge, tell your non-racist uncle to listen to the pod. Yes. Tell, tell your, your racist, racist uncle. uncle to listen to Joe Rogan. I love that. Okay. Uh, trick question. He already does. Yeah. <laughs> trick question. <laughs> yeah. Don't bring up Joe Rogan around him or you guys will just, he'll talk your ear off the whole time. All right. Um, so what are you guys drinking tonight? I'm uh, back to where I was last week. I'm at Gooey Lewis and the Brews. It's actually hitting a little better this week. I don't know. Maybe it just needed to settle for a few days. Kind of okay. like it. Head to Mellow. Uh, at least you got to say that name again. Yeah, I think so. I think that's the win-win for that. Oh, just a great name. And, like, for some reason, it feels a little more cohesive after a few days in the fridge. Okay. I like that. All right. I'm drinking just so on theme, you guys. This is how good I, I am and how committed I am. Uh, Black Stacks <laughs> straight from the can. This is a cranberry sauce-inspired goza. Um, drinks like a fruited sour. I don't know what the deal is with these gozas. This is, I can't tell. This is a fucking fruited sour, but it's, it's pretty good considering like it's kind of a gimmicky drink here. Um, it's a good splitter. A four pack is going to be too much for you, but it might be cranberries. Bring it to holiday. Everybody can try it. Whatever. Cranberries invading beer. Now they've invaded all of the juices and now they're moving to alcohol. So this is essentially juice. Yeah. So yeah, none of a cross. I am also at Black Sack. I think you guys have had this, or, or at some point, I'm at the. I'm drinking the Are We Clear, um, not so see through IPA. Really good beer. Mm-hmm. Nice, good stuff. All right, guys. Well, what wasn't good was the Vikings playing in prime time against the Dallas Cowboys, Oof. who literally just own US Bank Stadium. They're four and zero at US Bank Stadium now, and we lost forty to three. Felt like a hundred. Forty to three. This was the worst home loss that the Vikings have had since 1963 and the second worst loss at home in the history of the Vikings. Okay. That puts it in perspective. It it could have been so much worse if that even makes sense. Right. Yeah. Now I'm going to try to put a happy lens on this eventually, or at least not a really negative one um, because I, as a player and as a coach and as a fan, I understand how sometimes games just get away from you. And that is what happened in this game to the Vikings. I do not think that they are a terrible team or even a bad team. I actually still think they are a good team. Mm -hmm. I think that this was just a game that uh, the stones started rolling down the hill and there was no stopping it. The Cowboys came in and absolutely blew us out in every facet of the game. Well, think think of how much of an emotional high we were on after the Buffalo game. Yep. And then like your that was an overtime game like your body and your mind knowing that you have a Thursday night game coming up, you know, after the Cowboys game, probably very difficult to get all of that ramped up again to be to that level when the Cowboys had so much more to play for. Yeah. than we did chasing the Eagles. And I think like Eric said, it's an amalgam of all of these random things and it just went pear-shaped 5 minutes into the game. Yeah, I think the consistent thing, like if you could, if we could have put a bandaid on one thing I th- that would have had the biggest impact, wouldn't it be the O line? Didn't they? Didn't like? Yeah. I heard like Kurt was pressured sixty six percent of the time, which is like redonkulously tough to play through. 
it was impossible. Um, Kirk was not the problem in this game. I know people were like, prime dumb Kirk. I'm sorry. This was not his seven un- times. He was just under duress on every drop back of the whole game. I'm sorry. Maybe he needed to make more of the 33% of the time he was able to have a clean pocket. But this was um, an offensive line, complete and total collapse. Um, Derisaw didn't practice all week. He had a concussion. He gave up two sacks and then left with a concussion again. Um, mm-hmm. He is he has been one of the best linemen in the NFL this year. And so having him play poorly and then leave early again was a disaster, especially against a team that has the best pass rush in all of football. And the rest of the guys just didn't hold up well either. Ingram and Bradbury really struggled. Um, O'Neal didn't have a great game. And it was like you could almost see them all trying to cover for each other and then letting other holes up in in the defense. It was just a complete and total breakdown in their protection, and it just destroyed the entire game. And they've been good all year. The Vikings have had like a a, Mm -hmm. fringe top 10 offensive line in the NFL this year, like one of the better lines in the league. And just watching a game where that advantage completely was taken away um, was really painful to watch. This, I, this, I don't... This, this was awful. I watched the whole thing. I didn't ever waver in my uh, watching it, but I like hate watched the game, mm-hmm. uh, which was pretty negative. And then, I mean, the most, the saddest part for me is just that I like savor my NFL podcasts during football season. And I couldn't watch it. I listened to a single one this week. I just <laughs> you didn't want to hear them all turn heel on us, and yeah, I couldn't. I was too upset. It was too embarrassing, and I just I didn't want to have to listen to it over and over and over when I already had those negative feelings about the team. Yeah. So this is like my first um, cousin Sal, Bill Simmons guessing the lines pod. I'm going to miss in about twelve years, probably. Well, the 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 worst part about it is. A lot of the, um, I would say, national chatter about the Vikings. I think there were a few pundits who said, this Vikings team is for real. I believe in them. But I think there were a lot more that, you know, still had questions and obviously pointed um, uncreatively at Kirk Cousins as the QB, whatever. All this did was pour gasoline on their argument. And that's going to be annoying to listen mm-hmm. to. The Vikings are 8-2. and two. They've won some big games. Um, we've lo- The two games we've lost, we've gotten pretty soundly beat and obviously blown out by the Cowboys, but everything else we've been in. So I don't, I don't necessarily think that this one loss is going to set the season on fire. Um, Hopefully we write the ship on Thursday against new England, a bad new England team. They don't even know who their quarterback is. Um, Defensively, they're probably pretty good, but I think it, it's a very winnable game, um, especially at home, turn things around. Then you get the long week to kind of, kind of recover. Hopefully we get Derisaw back after that. And, um yeah i think this is just a like eric said uh, what's it murphy's law um murphy's law game where like you know when you're playing madden in the computer and it just decides like you're not winning this game no matter what um i think that's kind of what the football gods did to the vikings but also maybe a good reality check so yeah um maybe you're not as quite as good and polished as you thought you were you got punched in the mouth and didn't really recover so um it's a good um it's a good tape to have come playoff time that you can show the team what can happen if, if you let it get away from you too quickly. Absolutely. And I just think that if you would tell told me at the beginning of the year, all right, you're gonna be eight and two, but you're gonna you're gonna and you're gonna beat the Packers and everyone in your division, you're gonna have this massive lead in your division, and the Packers are gonna be in shambles, but you're gonna get embarrassed in prime time by the Eagles and the Cowboys. I would have been like, fuck yes, we're doing that. <laughs> I don't care. Lose by a hundred. That's what I would have said. Yeah. And so they almost did. I, I think that we are in a great place still. We have a 99.9% chance of making the playoffs. Um, our magic number is like two or three at this point with half the se- almost half the season to go. We still have four of our next five at home. And the only quarterback that's any good that we play the rest of the year is Aaron Rodgers, who's having the worst year he's ever had. I was so say, is let- he even good? We play against Mac Jones. We play against... Or, Zach- or Bailey Zappi, depending on how terrible the other one's doing. Uh, we play against then we play against Zach Wilson or Joe Flacco, depending on how terrible Zach Wilson is. Then we play Jared Goff. Then Daniel he could, Jones. He could, I think Goff, Goff can huck it around if things are going well. But sure, he's, he's a bottom starter. Yeah. Then, then we play um, Daniel Jones. Then we play Matt Ryan. Then we play Aaron Rodgers. Who's hundred? Yeah. And then we play Justin Fields. And we might not play Justin Fields if he has anything 
wrong yeah. with his shoulder, he ain't playing at the end yeah. of the year. So it's just like we are we don't play any real tough um you know, the 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 hardest teams that we've played on the year are behind us at this point. And, and the don't hardest... we have four in a row we have four in a row at home or something or four no. out of the next five are at home yeah. or something like that. Two at home, one on the road, two at home. And then we there end we with one road at the end. So it's it's the schedule should be in our favor. We should still be in a really good place. I mean if we win out at home and we, you know, win two of three on the road, we're uh 13 and 14. <laughs> so the, uh, here's a little piece of good news. Uh, you know, take it how you will. But the Patriots once won the Super Bowl. I don't know what year this was. And that year, they had a game where they lost 3 to 38. Um, it was, and then they it went was the uh, 1990 or 2018, I think. There you go. I figured, <laughs> I figured, was it the Ravens? Did they lose to the Ravens? I think they got pumped by the yeah. Ravens at Foxborough. Yeah. And then, uh, so similar um, deal. 2020, um, I w- yeah, that was the year that Brady won with Tampa. They lost a game 35 to three that there year. Well, there so, was, and then there was the year where everyone's like, "Oh, Brady's done with New England." They got destroyed by Kansas City at Kansas City, and then they rattled off like nine straight wins on their way to another Super. And it was just like, yeah. okay, well, he wasn't done. Turns out, yeah. So I, I'm not saying that this is the the end for us by any means. It just it wasn't very fun to have to watch. I like Eric's strategy. Win your home games. Who cares? We could lose to the Packers at Lambeau. Really doesn't matter um, at that point. Uh, I mean, obviously we'd like to win. um, And if the Eagles can somehow get unlucky again, which they almost did against the Colts. Yeah. uh, Maybe, maybe we sneak into the, to the two seed. Um, I I think that's a a great spot for us. Lose into the commanders. And then I thought they were going to lose to the Colts as well. Um, The Colts had that game, you know, in hand there. Uh, They look more human than ever. So I don't know. It's possible we still get that, that one seed. Yeah. And the thing is, is that the, there can only one of those teams, the Cowboys and the Eagles can even get a home playoff game. Yeah. Correct. Only one of them. One of them's going to be a wild card. Yeah. Yeah. Um, One of them's, the five seed and they're going to go play either Tom Brady and the Bucks, or they're going to go play the Niners. And neither of those are fun. Those so, don't sound appealing either way. Um, I have a quick question. Have, have we Niners. lost, have we lost to three different Cowboys quarterbacks three years in a row? Cause uh, now we, so, we lost to Dak Prescott. We lost to Cooper rush last year. And then was it Andy Dalton the year before? It's wow. been bad. They, they just have our number. Absolutely. Have our number. We lose. I guess we can't home. make, we can't really make fun of Mike McCarthy anymore. Cause he kind of whips the shit out of us every time with he really does like the cow. I don't want to see the Cowboys anymore at this point. Like they've just kicked our ass four <laughs> times at us bank. It's just not even fun. So, so next year uh, when we're like, we've like, we're like 10 and Oh, and the Cowboys are coming into town, <laughs> and they're two-point favorites. All of us Bet are going to shut the fuck up the and be like, oh, God, yeah. I hope we can win this game. Instead of like, we get like, no respect. Listen, kids, I'm going to double your college fund betting on the Cowboys this week. Don't yeah. worry. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So the only issue is that our injuries are really starting to pile up. So you have Derisaw out on the offensive line. It's not ideal. And then on the d- defense, you are still missing Delvin Tomlinson, who they don't know if he's even going to play this week. That'd be four games he's out. He's our best run stopper. Um, you're missing, uh, oh gosh, what's the every Cam every cornerback? Cam yeah. Dantzler at corner. And then behind Cam Dantzler, you're mo- missing Caleb Evans. And then behind a Caleb Evans, you might be missing Booth Jr. Or Booth the third, is it? I think it's just a junior. I think it's Booth junior. Andrew Booth Jr. Yeah. So you're you're missing like numbers like two, three, and four at corner possibly this week, which would leave us with Chandon Sullivan, Duke Shelley, and Patrick Peterson. And I don't know if we even have a guy on the roster yet behind them. Yeah, and if we do, yeah. uh we'll find out his name on Thursday. I mean, I, I would I would guess that if we that if one of those guys goes out, it'll be Cam Bynum, the starting safety playing because he has played corner in the past he played corner in college um mm. i mean it's like that's where we'd be at so boy that's <laughs> that's like the patriots when they put uh troy uh i forget his name the wide receiver at slot corner because they had no other bodies to play in the playoffs troy brown that, was that his name? yeah that's kind of looking like where we're at right now it's not it's not going well so um a position that was already pretty thin and not great for us in the first place is now move into a pretty critical place but i guess the medicine for that is getting to play mac jones and zach wilson there you go i mean these are just two terrible offenses with great defenses so i'm gonna guess low scoring game on thanksgiving kind of a grind it out low scoring game well Um, i mean it's gonna be low scoring anyway and like the fact that it's thursday night we just had a 
overtime game in Buffalo, then a bruiser against the Cowboys, you know, kind of licking our wounds. So I'm going to go 1816 uh, uh, Vikes. Ooh, I was kind of close to that score as well. Well, you I set think me up, I, then I stole all your, the information that you'd given and used that to make my prediction. I was going to say my score was honestly going to be 20 to 16 Vikings. Okay. I'll say 16 to 9 Vikings. Ooh. Ooh, we like that 16 big, number. In this big game. defensive performance. Yeah. Well, I, I think, think you guys had all used 16. I had to throw it in there. Yes, you did. Yeah. I liked our scores last week, even though none of us were even in the vicinity of close. When I said 27 to 24 Vikings, and then someone said 26 to 24, and then someone <laughs> yeah. said And we were all really far off. It's groupthink. It works. It is. All right, guys. Um, let's move on uh, to something. I I was I wanted to say happier, but I don't think it is. And that is the World Cup. Oh, yeah. It's exciting that it's happening, but it's also a shit show. It's a complete shit show. And it is like, it's like watching a criminal organization um, brag about being a criminal organization on TV. Like we haven't seen this since like the United States in like 2020, but it's been that long since we've been able to watch. Well, it's like, the, like the Hitler Olympics in Munich, you know, yes. essentially. It's so dirty and terrible. There's tons of dead migrant workers because of this. They are so anti-gay that it's they can't even have love on the inside collar of a jersey for Belgium. Yeah. They banned teams from wearing the One Love rainbow bands on their arms. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's really, really. Uh, they wouldn't let one of the. They wouldn't let one of the. I don't know if he was Fox or his name's Grant Wool. I think he's a former U.S. men's team player. They wouldn't even let him into the stadium because he was wearing a shirt that had a heart with rainbow but that was like striped rainbow they wouldn't even let him into the stadium yeah and uh did you guys know that budweiser is going to sue fifa for backing out of their contract with only three days before the the world cup started and they have millions of cans or whatever they've produced and they are going to give it all to the winning country i love it that's I a horrible I'm... PR move because they're all going to be like, Americans drink this shit? Jesus Christ, this is bad. It's free, I don't even want it. Right. I think that the the thing about this, though, really is that FIFA is super corrupt. This is all a cash grab. You had the most uncomfortable, weird speech given by, um, what's the guy's name? I and something. The Fentino head of FIFA. Yeah. Isn't that uh, so he he gave this weird speech about how he's he Muslim, is he's gay, he's a migrant. Okay, ready? Yeah, ready? Today I am disabled. Today, <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel gay. <laughs> what was a weird the worst? One. He said that was a good idea. This was like the worst speech that I've ever heard in my life, and it was so out of touch with how everybody feels about this World Cup. Now, I did say a little while back, and I'm sure uh, you guys and everybody else in the world has parroted this idea, is like people were saying you shouldn't, shouldn't watch the World Cup, then you should boycott it. But I disagree because it is unfair to the players who this means everything to them, and they have fought their whole lives for this. And then those players having the stage... Um, to make awesome things happen. Uh, if you saw the game between England and Iran, they gave the, they did their Iranian national anthem and none of the players um, sang the anthem. Sang, sang along. Yep. Big they statement. All, and they asked, the, they asked the captain. Sorry, you, you carry on with your story. I interrupted. I got too excited. No, go ahead. That's where I was headed. So Yeah, they asked the captain, you know, uh, was that a, do you do that on purpose? And he's like, yes, we stand with our people at home and things aren't very good at home right now for them. And we want them to know we're with them. And it's like, dude, people, people, even on that level, don't speak out against the Ayatollah regime. Yeah. No, I believe that. that. That's where uh, that like rock climber gal that tried to just not even wear her headdress. Like she or her, uh, whatever it's called. Hijab. Yeah. Hijab. Like she like got arrested, you know? And yeah, they, they might uh, get in some trouble for this, but it was a good move. It's a brave move. Um, I loved it. I thought that was amazing and brave. I think that's the kind of bravery that like we don't even understand so much um, in we the U.S. We have no idea. We have no clue the bravery it took for them. I mean, that might affect them and their families and their safety. And then you had not, not, people. I don't think it's might, Eric. I think I think it's will. It's just to what level? Yeah. I mean, this was crazy that they did this. And I mean, crazy in a great way. Like, what a brave, bold statement. That's the most punk rock shit I've seen in a long time is everybody who is battling against an oppressive regime 
in Iran every day, and it's mostly young people and now the, the guys on the team. So I do think that, like, good can come from the bad here. Um, and the tournament itself so far has been fun, even though it feels like they've kind of changed the rules of, of the game at, as well. Like, there's limited – there uh, at least 10 minutes of extra time in every half. If you, <laughs> if you use all your subs, they're saying, like, it's adding five minutes to every match. It's, it's 10 minutes every half. Not just the second half. In in uh, England, in during the Premier League season, pretty much unless someone snaps their leg, they give you one to two minutes of extra time in the first half. Four, no four mm-hmm. if they're be if they're feeling crazy. Four if like there was an injury and like someone yeah. was down or something. It doesn't happen. And so the fact that this is happening every game is kind of weird. They're giving penalties at kind of a strange rate as well. Um, they love penalties and. Uh, there's been some fun upsets as well. Argentina, Lionel Messi and Argentina got upset by Saudi Arabia. How does Saudi Arabia just declared Saudi Arabia just declared tomorrow a national holiday because their team won. I mean, I really, really, really <laughs> feel like I know more about soccer than act like you've been there, right? Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like I know more about soccer and soccer players than most people in the world. Okay. Than most people. Not everyone, but most people. And I don't know a single player who plays for Saudi Arabia. I think you're in the ni- you're the 99th percentile in the U.S. at the very yeah, least, right? Yeah. right. And I, I don't know a single person who plays on the Saudi Arabia team, and they just beat uh, who's who of players from around the world, including Messi and just countless other names. So I do think that that is amazing. That's the kind of stuff that only can happen at the World Cup. And then our U.S. team played um, in a one-one draw against Wales. And it was it was okay. What did you guys think? I mean, it was kind of weird. Um, like you said, a lot of extra time on that one too. Uh, I don't know. We were supposed to win, weren't we? I mean, weren't we kind of the favorites here, or just barely? I think barely. Okay, so maybe. seeing a draw, I I, I think it was a pick 'em, or like it was like maybe half point to the U.S. depending on which book you looked at. It was exciting getting that first goal and being up. That was cool. But then great goal. Pulisic stunk in the second half. I think Wales brought the game, like they imposed their will on the game. I don't know why. Landon Donovan had the best quote, which was, and I hate Landon Donovan, but his quote was, Wales was not even interested in playing this match in the first 45 minutes. And that's true. They sat back and just kind of let us do whatever we wanted. Too bad we weren't very good in our opportunities. Um, And then we just got... We just got outclassed. Like you can tell, you could tell European soccer teams versus the U S team because they're much more well-organized. Their passing is more crisp. Um, their tactics are a little bit more flexible. Whereas like, I don't think our coach knows what he's doing. Um, so I think, I think this result is perfectly on par, but I think if we win this one or we drew that one, um, if we lose to England by a respectable margin, like maybe like two, one, three, two, like keep it close. And then we beat Iran. We'll move. We'll move on to the next round. But um, I, I'm not expecting any, you know, miracle on ices against this England squad. They're absolutely going to like pummel us. It's just like, can we get a maybe a lucky counterattack goal um, on Friday? But that's so your that's, goal is just like like let's just, just hang get on one so that we don't have well, don't this, don't get beat don't get beat six two okay yeah don't get beat six two like Iran did like if it's if it's three two two one. That's fine. And then you just got to hope that Wales gets pumped by them. Okay. I think what, su- what sucks about the World Cup in the United States the most is that I can't stand the old, like, star players from Team USA. Like, I agree. These guys were not that good. They never did anything um, at all. But they pretend like, oh, U.S. soccer was so much better when Clint Dempsey and Landon Donovan played for them. And well, we... Hold on. To be fair, to be fair, in twenty (laughs) fourteen, no, in twenty fourteen, we we played some of the best soccer we played in a long time, and Landon Donovan wasn't even a part of it. Like Klinsman didn't even bring him along because he was going to be such a distraction. Yeah, he's just he's unbearable on television. Um, Same with Alexi Lawless. Like, what did that guy do? I just I can't handle some of their commentary. I think they're really embarrassing on the commentary, and I wish that we got like. Um, I wish that they gave us like the England commentators that like we get for the Premier League that like make the game so good and feel yeah, like knowledgeable people, not Landon yeah. Donovan being like, I've played in games like this before. Like, no, you <laughs> haven't. No, you it's didn't. Always, it's always that. 
it's always what he's doing. He's always talking about himself in a way that's just so unlikable. Which um, which is probably yeah. for like for like a lot of people that like just tune into the US team for big matches like this, they're probably like, Oh yeah, Landon Donovan, he probably played in big matches like this. He didn't. Um I've been watching, you know, I watch it's my it's like my cross to bear. I don't know why I'd have put my through myself through it, but I watch almost all of the US men's team matches, friendlies, qualifying. I, I don't know why I do it. But anyway, I've watched a lot of Landon Donovan. Um he, he was never that good. He scored one he scored one big goal. It's like Mike Urizioni. Like that guy hasn't bought a beer in forty years because he scored one goal against Russia um in the eighty Olympics and he's been riding that forever. And Landon Donovan's doing the same thing. And it's annoying. <laughs> I love the really so I will say that the class uh, so far through the first few matches of the tournament looks to be the defending champions, uh, France, who looked quite dominant after giving up a real early goal, and England, who really beat up a pretty poor Iran team. They look like so far the two deepest teams, but there's still plenty to play with Brazil and uh, Germany and Spain and a bunch of other nations. Some of the, still- some of the heavy hitters yet to come. Yep. Yeah. But I would say that those two uh, thus far have looked pretty damn good. And... Eric, do you think on, on name alone, the England squad is more loaded than everyone but Brazil? Uh, like the just England on, just on the up front, but their center backs, their their defense well, is going to be there. If Southgate actually picked like the better of the players and not just Harry Maguire, they might yeah. be better. But Yes, yes, that's I think, exactly. And that's, that's our only hope, I think. Like if we somehow like worked out a two-two draw against England, it would be because Southgate is completely incompetent and has no idea what he's doing for England. It's like Southgate doesn't want to play the coolest team; he just wants to play the guys that he has known for the longest. Yes. Like I, I, I just don't understand how anyone could watch soccer in 2022 and play Raheem Sterling over Phil Foden. Not that Raheem Sterling isn't good. But Phil Foden has been like maybe team of the year level player for England. Um, and it's Harry not even, I mean, he's, he's un- unbelievable. He's unbelievable. Uh, Harry Maguire doesn't even play for Man United at all, but he's like the first name on the team list for England. Um, uh, Trippier has been an okay fullback. Uh, there's a bunch of guys better than him at the position and none of them can play uh, for some reason. Um, I don't know. It's bizarre. He just, just sticks with the guys he knows really well. Uh, but I do think England is has got some serious firepower. France obviously is a blast to watch. Um, but they've they've injured like six of their own starters in training yeah. for this. Uh, one thing I find is weird though is like the hate I feel like in the world of soccer for Kylian Mbappe is really weird to me. Like yeah. really, 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 really weird. He is um, at his age. He's one of the greatest to ever play at this point. One of the greatest to ever play. At for his age in this level at this point of his career, um, on pace to be a Ronaldo Messi level guy, um, won a World Cup and scored the game winner as a teenager. And I saw people being like, "Mbappe's legacy is on the line in this World Cup." And I'm like, "The guy's going to play in the next three World Cups." Like, yeah, he's what are you 23 years about? old. Calm down. What are you talking about? He's going to be doing this till he's 35 yeah. years old at least. Settle down. He is insane. He's an incredible yeah. player. Well, his legacy is, I mean, how many is he going to win in a row? You know, he's yes. already won one. He's already got one. Uh, so, yeah, I think that, um, the, you know, the next couple of weeks are going to be a blast. It's really fun to have games on all day. It kind of sucks to have, like, the 4 a.m. slot right now. Especially for that, that big, I mean, the upset, nobody watched it in America. Yeah. So, nobody I mean, watched. that kind of sucks. I woke have up to things. it like, what the fuck is going on? I thought someone was punking me. Um, in other news in soccer, before he even played a game in the World Cup, Ronaldo's term uh, contract was terminated mutually with Manchester United. Um, this it's like a was, that's a, a mutual. We we broke up, but it was mutual. The feeling was mutual. Was Somebody cheated. Yeah, every time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this went well for like two weeks, and then it's just been about a year and a half of just hell. Uh, it hasn't worked out for either side. Um, Ronaldo is not capable of playing in the Premier League at this point, in my opinion. It's not because he isn't a capable goal scorer, but he's not willing to do the dirty work that's necessary to can, play in the Can Premier. he, even if he wanted to or decided to agree to that, is he physically capable of that anymore? I don't think so. Probably not for 90 minutes. I mean, no, uh, he, no. he keeps saying he wants to go to... Arsenal, Chelsea, Man City, or Liverpool. 
And it's like, well, of course you do. But, like, they don't, they're none of them I can imagine want him too seriously. Because Liverpool has no use. Liverpool already has a glut of attacking players. I don't think they have room for Ronaldo. Like, like to play at Liverpool and uh, Arsenal and City right now, you have to be such a uh, high intensity presser that there's no room for him to even. That's what we're missing. Like, we miss Mane. We don't want. That guy. We need money no. back. If press. you play at Liverpool, you better be ready to just press the whole fucking game. Yeah, and if you can't, and, so, and literally, if you can't sprint for ninety minutes, then there's yeah. there's no use of you playing up front. So I think his dream move actually would be to go to Real Madrid, where he had spent the best parts of his career. Um, and Benzema is out injured, so I could imagine maybe he comes in on a free to replace Benzema. Um, but I don't think that they have any interest in him. The three teams that I keep hearing about are Chelsea, Napoli, and Atletico Madrid are the most likely. And if I well, had and then, to say- and then Eric, sorry to interrupt. Maybe those tax evasion rumors are true, so he's going to avoid Spain altogether. Mm. So he's tra- that's why he's trying to stay in England or go back to Italy. I mm. could imagine him going to Napoli um, too. Uh, they've had a great year. They're in first place. It's a less demanding league. He could probably still pump in goals for Napoli, win the title there, you know, play in big games. I think that that's probably where he, he should go at this point of his career. I don't um, want, I, I pray and hope Chelsea has zero interest in him. I think Todd Bailey, um, God bless him for trying, doesn't understand that aspect of it and just sees like, oh, it's Cristiano Ronaldo and dollar signs attached to that. Um, yeah. I think the I don't think he understands uh, if 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 he's truly leaning in that direction. I don't think he understands the fans um, of Chelsea and their supporters would hate this move. And you know, of course, fans are fickle, right? So he scores three goals in a Champions League game, and all of a sudden he's like the greatest Chelsea player of all time. We love him, uh, yeah. but I don't I don't think it would be well received initially. Ryan, I think that if if we found out that Ronaldo was going to Chelsea. The podcast that we did um, following that, you would show up in a Chelsea Ronaldo jersey ready to go. <laughs> Be like, well, legend. Look, it's a legend. He's joined the club. We're here to support. <laughs> I have to be honest, though. This is what I really, really, really don't want Arsenal to sign him. But if Arsenal did, I would spend days coming up with my reasons as to why it was a great move. Yeah. Like, <laughs> right. I would be like, well, he's just going to come off the bench and pound in goals. That's what he's good for. We're going to chase games with him. And like, I would have a whole, you're like the GOP, Eric, you're just waiting for your talking points to come through on Twitter so that you can have them. <laughs> that is, you know, that's exactly what I'd be doing. So, um, let's move on to another topic here. And that is the Timberwolves who have now won. Is it four in a row? Four in a row. A couple Ooh, of four. Tough. They, they, I mean, the heat are no slouch. The Timberwolves hold on to, to leads like they are um, trying to carry a handful of water um, from one location to another. Uh, the, yeah, the greasy egg on the spoon. Oh, <laughs> it yeah. is not fun having a lead and being a Timberwolves fan. And I will say that the Timberwolves um, have had some good injury luck over their four-game win streak. But I'm not here to shit on their four-game win streak. I'm here to injury praise Injury luck is in the other teams had a lot of their starters out, like Butler, yes. yeah, yeah, we get it. Yeah, Embiid. Yeah, we've played a lot of teams that have been down guys, but that's what what a team in turmoil need. And so I think this is some well timed luck for a team that really needs some time to gel with each other, yep. and for a coach that needs to figure out his rotation, and for them to figure out how in the world they're going to space out the floor enough to get Edwards going to the rim more. And I just think that um, it's not. It's not their fault that other teams have been unhealthy. And so it's just good that they're able to piece together some of these wins. Yeah, you they... play who you play. That's not yeah. You don't have to apologize for that. Anytime you got to yeah. bank wins, you bank wins. It doesn't matter what the opponent yeah. is. Um, I think that a big piece of their getting on the right track has been um, the offense being heavy on Edwards in town. Mm-hmm. Yes. And as Shut- it should be. As it yeah, Towns cannot have his games where he he tries one or two um, shots a, a whole half. You know that, no. that just can't happen. He needs to get going and get going early. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, like like D'Lo has shot so poorly, but he also like is sort of becoming self aware. Like, how many shot attempts did he even have in the fourth quarter of that Heat game? I think he just oh, he just passed one. it. He had one in we the whole one. quarter, I think, because he was he was trying to facilitate, which that's good, but. In general, he just needs to sit. I mean, he's a. This is interesting. He's a, a minus thirty-seven plus minus, and 
McLaughlin, who plays the same position, don't they don't play at the same time, is like a plus 66 and was on fire last night. So I think we could solve a lot of problems just by like biting, you know, swallowing our pride and uh, and having D'Lo just play bench minutes. Um, Dude, no, but like how much more successful would D'Lo be, I think, if he... I'm not saying J-Mac is the clear-cut starter either. Right. Like I think, I think you walk... This is the whole like our starting quarterback stinks... Um, to the degree that we don't like it. So we're yelling at the coach to play the backup, but the backup is the backup Probably for a reason. Yeah. Like we, like we shit on Zimmer for like the Kellen Mond of like, Oh, do you want to get a look at him? He's like, no, <laughs> yeah. I've seen enough, you know, and everyone's like, Oh, fuck that guy. Like whatever. And it's and like, we caught him. yeah, like the new regime came in and watched him for 10 minutes. I was like, this guy's terrible. <laughs> like, he's out of here. So I think like, I'm not saying J Mac should be the all in out starter, but I wonder if like, Maybe just a little bit of swap in roles, but mm-hmm. the minutes kind of stay similar, and then you just kind of ride the hot hand into the fourth quarter, right? Like you yeah. guys need to understand this. If Delo is going well, we're going to stick with him. If J Mac is feeling it, we're going to stick with him, and just kind of like you said, like, like maybe need need to have like a come to Jesus talk with Delo and like, hey, we're going to try you out against. You're going to run the second unit, and then maybe it like actually opens things up for him a little bit. Like he's playing against lesser defenders and can get his shot when he wants to. And maybe, you know, that will breed some confidence. And I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. I have no idea. Chemistry is the weirdest thing in the NBA, but it it could work. Yeah, I don't hate that, right? Yeah, just split the minutes and then ride the hot hand. That's perfect. I just, I don't really know what D'Lo really gives us though. Um, He is shooting the fewest shots uh, since his rookie year the fewest makes since his rookie year he has uh the worst he's shooting the fewest three points attempts since his rookie year and he has the worst three point percentage of his career um that's not really close right. uh, he's gone he's gone down three straight years in three point percentage he's shooting thir- three, 31.6 percent from three well, is all jesus which is yeah. bad right that's bad and it is funny that like usually if a player shoots fewer threes that means they're wide open they're being really selective with it they're not just jacking up shots that are contested you should make more if you shoot fewer and he's theoretically he's scoring barely he's barely averaging an assist more than carly anthony towns yeah and he's scoring um the fewest points since his rookie year as well uh which is almost four points below his career average and he's a max player who averages 13.8 points and 6.2 assists. That's Yikes. like a barely bet and doesn't shoot threes well and is a that's bad a, defender. That's a vet, you can find a veteran minimum guy for that. You know, yep. where's Goran Dragic? He could come in and do that for oh, us yeah. if yeah, we needed, you know what I mean? It's just, he just is like an average NBA player who's paid as if he is a superstar. And I think that's what's really frustrating. Um, I wish they would have traded him in the summer because I don't think that there's going to be a partner for him to get you anything of value at the, the deadline. The market is slowly yeah. dipping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which is frustrating. And, and the worst part is you would think uh, maybe it's just all mental. I don't know. He's in a contract year. Like his stats should be artificially inflated because of that. Like he's yeah. trying to play for his next bag and he's not going to get one. Like he's, he's going to get, he's going to get shit this yeah. off season. He's just like, um, the worst of almost all worlds in the NBA, which I feel bad for him. That's he, perfect for Minnesota. Small. He's not what you think about. You think of him as really small because he's so skinny, but he's like six foot four. So he's actually like a decent sized guard, Uh, but he's a really poor defender. He is just an okay playmaker and he's a really poor shooter. And I just don't really know what, what he gives you um, if he's not really good at any of those things. Uh, If he was going to succeed in this role, he would need to be either a guy who could play off the ball and just drain threes at like 38% or he needs to be like a facilitator who's creating for everybody and building shots for everybody else. And so he, those he are needed not- to be he needed to be JJ Redick or late game Rajon Rondo and he can't do either of those things. Yeah, he just can't really do either of those. And so I don't know. I don't think he's long for Minnesota at this point. I think for sure this is his last year here. And um I would say that Gobert moving to more of a role player is a good thing for us. I mean, it is. It's just hard to watch, I guess. Um, It's hard to see that knowing what we gave up for him. But I think that when, you know, he doesn't try to shoot a lot, this was actually pretty crazy, but we had a a good game last night. We won. Uh, He had like, he had no shot attempts, actually. Zero shot attempts. And he did happen to get hacked there at the end and he made all four of his his free throws. So I'm not going to shit on him. But, you know, he just is taking up space out there. Um, 
I think it helps a little bit on, on defense, but he's not like blocking a million shots like you think he's going to either. So I don't really know what he's doing out there. Um, I do that's just want to know, and we'll never know. That's how that's kind of the beauty of it. What would our what would our record be right now, and what would our team dynamic be if we hadn't made any trades, right? And Eric, I know you wanted to blow it up, and you got to keep rolling the dice and keep switching it up. But man, we were building on something there, and it feels like the pieces that are working are the pieces that we knew were working from last year. Um, and when we play without the new pieces as much, it's better. So um, I don't know. I just I do feel like there's you know we've won four in a row. Um, I think we're going to get beat by good teams until we continue to figure it out. But I think we're getting better, and there's a chance that we do figure it out and that we're very good. So I'm still holding on to that. I mean, imagine if we if we traded all that crap for Donovan Mitchell, and I think Eric mentioned this on last week's pod. Mm-hmm. I think I think Eric wanted to blow it up for the right piece. I don't think anybody saw Rudy Gobert coming. I think that was right. that, that. We was all the had to talk ourselves thing. into that, and yeah. I did very successfully and quickly. Me too. Very quickly. Completely. Within about totally. four minutes, I was talked into it. Um, looking back, I don't know. We'll see. TBD on that one. I think that also could be a one where they split minutes between Cat and Gobert, rotating at center. Um, you always have one of those guys on the court at any time so that rebounding is not an issue, even though Cat's not that great of a rebounder. Um, he's still better than than most on the team. So um, I don't know. I feel like I feel like rebounding is a huge problem for the Wolves. And we literally signed Kyle Anderson and Rudy Gobert and traded for Rudy Gobert to fix that, and we're somehow worse. I don't understand. Maybe it's just an effort thing, but um, they got yeah. some holes to fill. Um, it's looking better. I think we got way too excited early on in the season, and then we got punched in the throat a little yep. bit by how poorly they were playing. Um, I still am not convinced. I'm still not married to Chris Finch. I still am not convinced he's the guy to lead this right. team forward. Um, it's getting a little long in the season at this point to say we're going to go in a different direction. Um, or you're going to, you know, promote somebody from within. I don't know if that, I don't think that's a possibility. Um, so who knows? I, I, I feel like there are some teams that are, you know, a, a four game losing streak away from selling all their assets, <laughs> Utah. Um, and then the wolves are, um, a four game win streak from us considering them NBA, you know, uh, Western conference finals favorites. So we'll see if we won how the next four in out. a row there is a chance that we would be the number 1 seed cuz we're only two games back from the number 1 seed that's how tight the, the west is it's the west is a still upside down log it's jam. fun yeah. it's really fun but every game you're like okay they're two spots ahead of me they're a half a game ahead of me we have to win this yeah. the game is insane we're we're two games out of first and we're 10th in we're in the play in game t- i know <laughs> i know that's how clustered well, it is so it's been fun. i know that we gave up a lot of draft capital which sucks. I mean, you give up a ton of draft picks, but the players that we gave up have not been great. No, right. So the best guy that we gave up so far has been, um, I'm going to say Vanderbilt. Yes. Okay. Yeah. He, he'd have to be. Yeah. He's averaging eight and a half rebounds and seven, almost eight points. So about eight and eight, he plays decent minutes. You know, he's just a hustle player. He's an effort. Um, he's an effort guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next best guy who we lost was, uh, uh, was Beasley who's averaging 13 and a half points a game um, and has been like one of the better scorers for the jazz uh, Walker Kessler looks like he's going to be okay. Um, he's got, he's been really good and effective in the the minutes that he does play, but he doesn't play a ton of minutes right now. Uh, Bulmero has been a nothing player. He's only played in three games and Pat Bev has been absolutely a disaster. Yeah. Um, he's averaging 4.5 points, mm. 3.5 rebounds, 2.9 assists, Less than a Pat's, steal per game. Pat's stats don't matter. Don't even look and at he, the stats. Yeah, but his PER, his PER is 5.69, which would make He's him the leader. Lower. He's the leader of that team. I'm just kidding. The Lakers are a disaster. They're a disaster, and he hasn't been any good for them. So the draft capital sucks. The absolutely tying yourself, like handcuffing yourself to the roster that we currently have yeah. is kind of spooky, um, especially with pieces that we're not even sure fit and yeah. we're kind of seeing don't fit maybe um but that doesn't mean we should be negative about the wolves right now because it's a long season there's a lot of talent and in the end talent usually wins out and so i do i think that the wolves are going to win the title no but do i think the wolves could and should still get to the second round i do i think that they are that talented and if they can just figure out the balance of all of the size and anthony edwards Mm -hmm. i think that you're probably a really good team because Edwards hasn't even played that great to start the season so far, but you've seen these flashes of like the superstar that he 
should be at this point. Well, yeah, if they were back, really scheming around him, he would be doing that more consistently too. So they yeah. should just do that. Yes. Yep. No matter and what. And it'll be a lot more. I think it'll be a lot more fun of a season if that happens too. If Gobert gets his minutes cut for that to happen, you still do it. So be it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. yep. All right, guys. And then finally, we are going to finish up with the new rebrand of the Minnesota Twins. This mm-hmm. was a big deal for the Twins. And I have to say that like my feelings on the Twins are the most negative of all Minnesota teams. Um, like I have negative feelings about them. I don't know what they've done to make to earn their fans uh care and love. I think they've been insanely mismanaged. They've been complete and total cheapskates uh, with everything they've done. They've taken good rosters and they haven't put enough into them. Um, They built us a beautiful stadium like almost 20 years ago now, it feels like. I don't know. What was it? 2010, I think, when that opened. One on 15 years um, of of a new stadium, which is beautiful and we love it. But about about time to re-up. Time for a new one. But it's (laughs) it's, it's, ancient. Yeah. But but I just think that like they haven't invested enough in this team, uh, and so it, it it feels less exciting when they have things like a rebrand than the Vikings or the Wolves or the Wild even. Um, and for me to confidently put you behind the Timberwolves in that statement is very telling to yeah. what I and probably I stand not with. quite deserved. But I get it; you're jaded, and they have more options, right? Like. The Timberwolves have to kind of gamble on the draft, and they do these same things that every other team does. In baseball, you can go spend what you want. It's how you know how willing are you. So they are op- more open to criticism, I believe. There's no salary cap in the league, so they could literally do anything that they wanted to, and this is what they choose to do. Um, and, yeah, I, I just find it really frustrating. But they did do a rebrand, and it took some serious heat um, on the Internet. And I'm here to say that I kind of – I think I kind of like it. You kind of – I kind of fuck with it. Oh, so you changed your mind now? Because in the initial group chat, you were pretty pissed hating. about the yeah. Everybody was hating. The whole group chat was hating. I wasn't. Like, no, I you was not. No, you were pretty positive about it. I, I, I mean, I, I don't it. know if they... I don't know that they made any massive changes to it. Like it was kind of like a brand new rebrand. We're going to put a little dot over the M and we are going to take the color away from the outline on the jersey. Well, but it's, it's, a, it's a different and I'm glad they got rid of the gold, which they only they got added rid of gone. three years ago or something like that. They got rid of, they added, they, I think the gray away jerseys with the pinstripes are real sharp. Mm-hmm. I like the whites. Um, I'm kind of sad there wasn't a baby blue flavor, but I'm okay with that as well. Um, I like the modern slash throwback look of them. Mm-hmm. I think that's what everybody wants. I think the white with like the twins kind of in cursive is yeah. like, you know, they said, you know, inspired by the past, built for the future. Okay, what a dumb fucking slogan. But I do like the white with is the twins like in cursive. Ford F-150 ad? Jesus. Yeah, like seriously, it's just really dumb. But I, I do like those jerseys, and I think they're going to look really sharp on the field. I think the players were very excited about them. I don't care that they put a star above the M um, as much. It was a nod to um, apparently like the Stone Arch Bridge. Um, the fact that all the other jerseys have that sort of North Star in them, and they were the ones, the only ones that didn't. Um, and um, there was one other tie into it, but regardless, I don't really care that much. I'm not going to buy one of those hats. Um, I'm yeah. not going to miss the old M. Um, it's fine. Out with the old, in with the new, and everybody will be just. Everybody will be fine in the end. <laughs> okay, here's what I think. One, uh, the white jersey is. Yes. The taking the outlines away from the twins cursive and the number uh, is great. I love the font on it. The red pops. Uh, I like the Twin Cities jerseys a lot. I'm kind oh, of yeah. wondering why we don't have more Twin Cities stuff, to be honest yeah. with you. And that has like a really cool detail. Like it's got this great double flag patch on the, the shoulder with the, you know, yeah. Minneapolis and, and St. Paul there. It's cool. I like it a lot. Um, I really like the Navy jersey as well that says minnesota that's that one's real sharp Mm -hmm. uh the pinstripe one isn't bad i just don't love pinstripes but it's pretty cool itself with the minnesota on it and as much as i like thought i really hated the m logo with the north star it's growing on me i'm gonna buy one (laughs) yeah it's great it's fine i'm I'm buying one i kind of like it um at first i was like man they really just ripped off the marlins and now i'm like the marlins hats look pretty fucking cool (laughs) 
Whatever, I'm I'm here for it. We both small market teams. No one's gonna pay attention to either of us anyways, or see our hats anyways. I'm getting one. I'm gonna order one this week. Uh, With the are, now, are you gonna get like the flat brim traditional baseball? That's my problem with them. Like, I don't want a big ass huge brim. Okay, so there is like a big brim one that's like pre bent for you. Oh, so it's kind of like in between. It's kind of like is the the same flat brim thing, but it's got the pre bent. That might well. be my shit. Yeah, I can't. I can't have a flat brim. That's not. That's not in the cards for me. Ever. I think I'm gonna go. I think I'm gonna get one, and right. I'm gonna start rocking. And maybe it will catch on because uh, cool people like the Nordies podcast will be wearing it. I I think that could work. I think it could work too. So yeah, I love it, and I love the Minneapolis St. Paul patch that you're talking about. That's awesome. I don't know the the same the Twin Cities jerseys look like minor league jerseys, but that's okay because I still like them. Well, I think I think that's a nod ones. to the it's that's the TC right because. The twins are really the only. That's why they're called the twins. Um, they're the only one that kind of embraces the the combination of both cities. Like everyone else is just the Minnesota Wild, the Minnesota Timberwolves, and the Vikings. So uh, this is this is one that like really sort of tries to you know reach reach across the Mississippi to our brethren from St. Paul that close at nine p.m. Do you mean store. the didn't you didn't like the airport jerseys that the Wolves did MSP? <laughs> They tried for you, and you brushed them. Are off. you are you guys uh, are you guys uh, Terminal One or Terminal Two? <laughs> right. Frequent. I love MSP. MSP is like a real sense of pride. Yeah, it's a nice airport, dude. Give me uh, anybody that says they love Terminal Two better is smoking crack. Terminal oh, One is terminal way better. Is the one, terminal Two is the much smaller one that only like yeah, that's Southwest and yeah, and it's Alaskan still hard to airlines. get through it. It's not like it's like well, it's quaint and I can get in easier. No, you can't. No, no, it's it's pretty bad. It's pretty terrible to be honest. No, no. No, no airports are a problem with pre-check. You just got to pay for pre-check. It's the best. You got to get pre-check. You're right. You're right. All right, uh, <laughs> guys, that's it. That's all the time we have on this episode. We went pretty long, but there was a Covered lot. Of- a lot. Covered yeah, a lot. Covered a lot. Uh, hopefully you guys all have a great Thanksgiving. We get a purple victory, which we desperately need to keep the faith. And uh, just so you guys know, we're very thankful for you guys. Uh, we have one more episode this week where we're going to dive deeper into our three watch. We've got all kinds of things you should be watching. And uh, until then, thanks for hanging out with your good friends here at the Nord East podcast. Nord East.